Hello, welcome back to Big Mood. Uh, let's introduce ourselves before we start because you're about to get pounded with some knowledge. Pounded, wow. Pounded, pounded. You should know who's pounding you. Hard. Penetrating information. Y'all said you wanted a break from relationship episodes, but we keep pounding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we keep every finding, finding a way to talk about our pussies. <laughs> pussies. And your pussy. Hey, hey. And your pussy. Oh, yeah, anyway. we were going to introduce ourselves. I'm Nikki. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gina. I'm Tiff. And I'm Jessica. And we are. <laughs> oh, God. And, and we, we are. Big Mood. Okay. Are we doing that? We're doing that? No, 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 we're, no not we're not doing not. that. We're sorry. making fun of ourselves. I'm sorry. We're that sorry. You we're so sorry. <laughs> Please like us. We're so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we just want to be liked. <laughs> uh, a lot of you have been requesting financial topics in the comment section, and we listen to you, guys. We don't yeah. just ignore you. A lot of people have been like, hey, I like when you guys talk about relationships, but can you talk about other things, such as <laughs> all like passive aggressive? <laughs> what hey. I can do with my money, like, how we to know. make money. Like, we know so much about your vagina. We're getting yeah. Yeah, they're like, I'm yeah. done with hearing about how your clit works. They know our vagina's in and out. Can you tell me how credit cards work? <laughs> wow. At this point, they know the ridges inside my vagina. They can tell wow. the difference be- between our vaginas without even seeing them. Yeah. You know? Next topic is Botox in your butthole, but not this one. Not this, this one. one is finances, so is which kind of feels like you, it's like the gateway to Botox in your butthole because yes. you get ass raped so hard by the government collecting oh, your taxes. God, yeah. Especially if you live in California. California. So I didn't know what exactly you guys wanted us to talk about when it comes to personal finance because all you guys would say is do a finance episode. Yeah, they don't know either. <laughs> yeah, which, they're like just help me, which I feel like is is the majority of America. That's me. I'm the voice of the people. That's literally me. Every time I have a uh, a meeting with our financial advisor, I'm like. So what am I supposed to ask? What am I supposed like? <laughs> right? What are you supposed to do? Like, you don't what, even know what, what you I, don't what's know. What's happening? I don't know what I don't know exactly. Like, what's a four hundred one k? Like four hundred one k. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, I mean, financial literacy is a huge problem, and I don't know why they don't teach it in school. Yeah, why, but I mean, I do know why because the whole they conspiracy. Keep they want to keep you dumb. They want to keep you dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's just a personal conspiracy theory. But I even, you know, my parents are both in finance and I still struggled with f- figuring out all this shit because there's still so many aspects of finance and personal finance that you just have to fucking figure out yourself unless you have someone in your life guiding you. And it, it gets really hard. And then there's so many conflicting answers. Mm-hmm. So I, I pulled this listicle off the internet of the most commonly asked questions when it comes to finance. And we'll just go through them. And disclaimer, we are not financial advisors. We are not experts. Do not take this as financial advice. This is merely discussion for entertainment purposes. I mean, it's going to be so probably vague where it's not going to be like, put $5,000 into Apple. A pussy. We're oh. not... Okay, or, or that. Sorry. Back to that. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you're not. I don't think you can really fuck up your finances by just listening to us talk about the basics. You, just don't know, tick, you, like. do not, you do not know how easily impressionable I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. You should know the basics. I feel like everyone should know the basics. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. And I feel like, uh, like our relationship topics, it's just stuff no one talks about. I I hate being left out of the loop. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you just hate it? You're like, am I alone? Am I crazy? Did everyone else get born with a manual on how to do all this yeah. shit? No, absolutely not. No one. It, it no like one fucking hurts. Has to, that's what it feels like. Majority that. people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, but you don't want to look stupid, so you yeah, don't ask. Exactly. Like, and everyone yeah. wears the same mask of I know what I'm doing, but underneath is like. Holy fuck, I don't know. Yeah. And then you don't find out until it's too late and you're yeah. royally fucked. Um, so. I do want to preface though, like, because I, some people might know if they follow me that I am studying for the CPA exam and I did work in auditing. And my intention is to eventually, if this, you know, maybe if this life doesn't take us into, you know, fucking the Joe Rogan sphere of, <laughs> of being popular and this lasting us into our 50s, my backup plan is to go be a CPA. Um, but I do, I think a lot of people don't really understand what that is. Um, CPAs a lot of times deal with just taxes and like financial, historical financial information. So like financial reporting, it's not necessarily like a financial advisor who's going to focus on like money, growth, like wealth and mm-hmm. all of that that's like forward looking so if I'm not super knowledgeable on like growing wealth it's because like that's not really the area of my study there's a completely different license for financial advising than being a CPA we're more like bean counters in the corner figuring out CPA how to report for? it certified, certified public, public accountant, accountant. Oh, public my dad's account. a CPA California pizza 
some <laughs> some CPAs will do dual. So like they'll get dual license. So because uh, the person that does my stuff right now, he's a CPA, but also a financial advisor. So he's in both. A lot of men uh, just want to cover all bases. Um, and but, women. Yeah, not so many. Not enough. Not enough, you know, honestly. You know what's crazy is that um, I, I think it's some, It's a crazy statistic. Like 90% of households, the woman is in charge of the finances. But women are like 50% less likely to take risks than men in, yeah. when it comes to finances. That's how I am too. I'm extremely risk averse. Yeah. So they don't actually, they tend to not make uh, in the investments that yield the higher Right. Uh, ROIs, but they are more conservative with their savings. So yeah. it's it's interesting because then the guys that are in control, they're a lot more riskier, so they can mm-hmm. make a lot more mm-hmm. in return, but they might lose it all. That's just a general Maybe. statement on, I mean, it's th- very general. Just on uh, statistics. Yeah, very, very general, but like I think women in general were kind of like, we're not the ones that have always been in control, so we have to be a little bit worried and like have something to fall back on. So we can't make those fucking crazy risky things because mm-hmm. it's like it's just us and the, and the baby you know yeah. if you think about the the, the jar the on top of the refrigerator that, it's like we can't take crazy risks which so. is why i like personal finance as a top i'm very passionate about it because to me if you're very well researched then it's not a risk so i just research as much as possible and that way i feel like I'm lowering my risk by taking my making certain moves. Um, but yeah, CPAs are really good at like, hey, here's where you can save on taxes, where your money's yeah. going to be taken away from yeah, you. Like how to use your money maybe in certain and ways. And then financial advisors is like, here's how you can grow, grow your, your money, money right. so that you can take care of your future. And I have an audit focus, so I'm like totally not anywhere near being as smart as Nikki who's not even hasn't even gone to school for this but she put the smart on me I know <laughs> no, you, for entertainment you, you spend a lot she of loves time math you spend like a lot math. of time like doing your own research on personal I finance do. and what and growing your own wealth and stuff like that I honestly have never really spent that much time like there's certain things I know from my time in auditing like I, I'm really good at buying cars like I know how to not get fucked over by a car dealership and maybe we can cover that later yeah um, but just to kind of give you guys an idea of like where we're where we're at and Gina and I are idiots just no, kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I'm slowly learning. We're all idiots, my, my, <laughs> and that's why we're here. Okay. My my problem with it is that I have a hard time trusting people with my money. Like someone can recommend a financial advisor to me and be like, "Dude, this guy made me billions," and I'll just be like, "Yeah." So you just have like, all your cash. You should. In a you should be mm-hmm. concerned. I mean, yeah. accountants fuck scary. over people more than any. Exactly. Know? So it's scary. I'm just like, look, man. Like I'm trusting people with a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of money. Um, and it's just I don't. It's hard for me to trust the right yeah. person. Well, if you don't know enough to know what to look for, like, because mm-hmm. that's how accountants get away with skimming yeah. and things like that. So yeah. if you don't know, then it's smart to be concerned a right. little bit. Yeah. But like, there's certain things that you, that you like, can't, like, can pretty much feel comfortable with like oh i'm just gonna put my money into like a fund or something yeah like so let's address that right away um what accounts are safe to put in well most checking and savings accounts they're fdic insured so you can put up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. that's a lot of doll hairs that's so many dollars an account and if anyone tries to fuck you over the government protects that like you are that's it's all protected you will get that that money is safe Mm -hmm. um and so if you have like a million dollars split it up into four accounts because you're only covered up to two hundred fifty thousand. um and there's like I think certain 401ks and funds that are also FDIC insured. So you don't have to worry about like crypt, uh, crypto is even FDIC insured. Really? Yeah. There's, I don't like you have to ask Steve about that. Crypto is not my well, subject. I need to go look that but up. I do I'm like, know. how the fuck? I thought that was totally decentralized. Right? Why would it be insured? Yeah. True. I think the, uh, the, the, whatever the, where you hold that, where you initially transfer it into that mm-hmm. account before you're buying the coins. Mm-hmm. I think that's FDIC insured. Oh. I don't know. No what clue does the that. list say, Nikki? Okay, so jumping into this, the first question, I guess the number one question is, what's a, what's a credit score? And these are pretty basic. Mm. I feel like you should know the answers to these questions. But if you don't, you're, you're not alone. There's a lot of people asking this question. Well, I think a lot of people know so. what a credit score is, but they just don't know how to get it up. Mm-hmm. Like everyone will be stuck at like 680. You know, like a lot of my friends back home or whatever, they're like, I'm stuck at 680. I don't know how to get it past 700 or up to 750 to get the better interest rate. Or some people just didn't even know how important it was. Like they knew that you had a credit score, but they didn't they don't realize how important it is until they get denied a bunch of things. Yeah. Dude, me growing up, 
I I always knew credit was mega important because that was my gauge as to whether or not I can ask my mom to buy me anything because she would always be like, oh, my credit's so bad right now. It's so bad. So that was me. I registered that as we're poor. That's mm, all I knew. Works. Is, like, my you can mom, be rich and have a shitty yeah. credit score. <laughs> no, for sure. But that that's just the way that I was receiving the information of my mom complaining about her credit score and then creditors ca- constantly hounding her to like pay off credit or her debt but I never understood why it was so important uh all I knew is it's so important and it rules your whole life like that's all I received it's basically the number that people that are going to loan you money or trust you with something use to judge whether or not you are trustworthy do you pay your rent on time do you pay your credit card bills on time are you are you someone that if i if i advance you money you are going to pay me back mm-hmm. or are you someone that just runs with the money cuz then that will lower your score and tell other people not to trust you it's basically mm-hmm. a reputation exactly yeah, reputation score you're you're yelping for but money yeah. what's hard is that it's so easy to ruin your credit score. So fast. And so hard to build it back up. So long. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a grace. Fast and long. Fast and long. Fast and hard. And we're back. It's so yeah. hard. And we're back to it. Gina's like, okay, what's this? Yeah. Tell you about a hard inquiry. Yeah. And a soft inquiry. <laughs> soft pull. Yeah. They pull oh, yeah. it. I like the soft pull better than a hard pull. We actually like a soft pull. inquiry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we like a soft pull. In this case, we like it soft. Yeah. yeah. Be gentle <laughs> with your inquiries. Um, um, yeah, so a credit score, uh, yeah, you could be a responsible person. You just fucked up one time and that takes forever for mm-hmm. banks to trust you again. Kind of like a relationship. So like yeah. you fuck up one time and now like we're a little hurt. They're on we alert. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Or like your grades in school. I mean, everyone knows, understands that. Like you you start off with the A and then if you don't keep up with your assignments or get perfect scores on your tests or whatever, like slowly your grade goes down it's and it's really to hard it to build it up. Yeah. So then usually a question is, well, like, well, what if I if I never have one then I won't fuck up anyway like if I never get a credit card then there's no way for me to fuck up oh no when I was younger when I was younger I didn't even know about like my credit score or whatever so I didn't have a credit card for like the longest time until I was like maybe like 20 yeah, that's 20? not too long. Yeah, that's good. a couple years. Well, I always feel like I'm it should have started at eighteen or even seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Some people. So I was like, oh, I probably don't have a credit score. And then I looked up one day and I was like, oh shit, I got a pretty decent credit score, especially for my age. And How that's did you because I leased a car. Oh, and uh, yeah, I paid can. it off. Like I was broke as hell, but I made it a point to always pay it you off. Took in care time. of that car lease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and good. then that built my credit up. I was like, holy crap! I was really proud of myself. I was that's doing great. things without nice. even realizing it. So you were good with your money management, and yeah. then that told creditors, hey, this chick's good at paying shit off. Yeah, because mm-hmm. luckily I've lived in constant fear of like I never want to owe people money. Yeah, like I've never been in debt. I have always paid everything off on time, even when I was broke, and it helped with my, with my credit score. And to this day, my credit score is still pretty great. That's dope. Yeah. yeah so usually you don't have a high credit score without a credit card because um, you need it takes credit to build credit. Right. They want different types of credit too. Mm-hmm. So you got to have like one of each like personal like loans, what? revolving mm-hmm. credit, which is credit cards. They like to see mortgages too. There's different kinds. Car, yeah. car payment stuff. Car yeah. Loans. Rent, car payments. Yeah. Credit cards. Um, yeah. So different types and uh, they look at credit age. So if you just opened an account last year, you're not going to have a, a high score just by paying it off one year. Yeah. How long does it take for like how many years do you have to have your oldest account be open for it to be good? Because Five I to seven is for where. For so long, it was like, eh, like it's too Over 10, yeah. it starts to look Yeah. Better. I just yeah. checked literally before this episode and my oldest credit is 13 year 13 wow. years old yeah. nice yeah so. yeah five to ten is where it starts getting good and it's just like that middle range before then it's kind of like eh, we don't know um i actually opened my first credit card when i was 18 and i didn't know this but after i finally paid it off and i was just so fed up with that credit card because the the a, what's it called? AR? No. APR? APR. The APR was really fucking high every yeah, year. on all credit cards. And I was really broke. And, I, and then the annual fee, all that, right? So I closed that account. Oh. And it was my very first, oh. like, 18-year-old. I did the same thing. I didn't know. Yeah. I did yeah. the same. Never oh close God. a credit card. Never close Especially anything. if it's your first one. Yeah. Never close it. Mm. I did just the same ever, thing. Just don't ever close one out. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes they'll close it if you don't use it, yeah. too. I got, that happened to me recently, too. I'm like, damn it. 
Oh, I've, never, I've never had that one. I usually keep like, I'll keep like a Netflix account or something that will auto pay. Mm. So oh, it's like yeah. there's, there's some tiny little activity yeah. on all of my credit card accounts. Yeah, I made that mistake too. I had like my first credit card when I was young. The limit was like 500 bucks and I just never used it. And then they closed it and I didn't know. Yeah. 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 So, so why that's bad? You want to explain why it's bad? Because then you're not actually utilizing your credit. Um, so they well, want to no, see. I mean closing it. Why oh, closing, closing it. Bad? Because then it, it lowers the average age of credit. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, if you're closing your oldest credit card and that was 18 and then this you had this one from two years ago, that was making your average a lot higher. Now you close this 18-year-old one, you only have the two-year-old yeah, one. Right. Now your average age of credit is only two years old as opposed to you know 16 years old or whatever right. Well, it is. additionally right. to that, also it's your credit utilization is affected because you had, say you had 5,000 in credit cards available and you closed a $3,000 credit card account, you only have $2,000 in credit available now. So if you're using money on that $2,000, it's going to look like a way bigger percentage than right. if you had, like if I use $500 out of the 5000 that I have available to me, it looks better than if I use 500 out of only 2000 available to me. Oh, Less yeah. Risky. Let's talk about uh, talk about credit utilization then yeah. because uh, that's a huge part of your that's score. That's why you don't want to close things out too. Uh, you want to keep it under tw- under 30%, they say, but under 20% is, is more conservative and a little bit better. But also, I don't know if you guys know this, but it's not based off your entire credit line of credit that you have available. So if I have a credit card for $20,000 and I have one for $1,000 and I max out the 1,000, they don't look at it as you had access to 21,000 and you're only using 1,000. They, they do look at some. it some they, they more so look at this one was maxed out. Oh. So each credit card has to be under 20 to 30%. It's helpful, but yeah. I I've never done it that way and my credit score is super high, so I've oh. had some that have been maxed out and it hasn't been super affected by that. I'm very um, proud of us all for having good credit scores, by yeah. the way. I was, fucking, finally, I was shocked, bitch, y'all. I just got a fucking increase. My credit score is 843. <gasps> I didn't believe her. I, was I like, didn't even I know it went up that high. The, get that I showed them the Experian fucking screenshot. I was like, yeah, yeah I, without a house, too, without a mortgage. Wow. That's I, amazing. I always thought it was impossible to get anywhere close to an 850 without a mortgage because like mm-hmm. I've always been taught that you need all of the various types of credit in order to get yeah. into that exceptional category but I somehow got it up to 843 Good for you. that's amazing that's so tight my yeah. panties soaked <laughs> and we're back no but then that's crazy that they want you to have a mortgage and me who I just got a mortgage this year my credit went down 38 points oof I was well, like, it's just a, it's timing. I get it. Yeah. I, I know. It, hopefully, it'll go up later. But probably in a few, literally, in a few months, it'll in a few months it'll probably shoot up. Yeah, because it's already been six months, mm. and yeah, it's well, it it's everything down. else you're doing too. So it's a, it's a whole picture. Your credit yeah. score is a is a picture. Yeah, it's painting a picture of yeah. how trustworthy you are. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say something because there's some shit I didn't know that I just found out recently, but. I totally forgot about it. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to tell them Maybe this. Maybe we can go to the it'll, next it'll question. And then yeah. as soon as you stop thinking about things, it comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. So, yeah, those are all these aspects of your credit card score. And some are high impact. Some are low impact. If you go to creditkarma.com. Oh, this is what it was. Okay. There's so many different... <laughs> Creditkarma.com is a good one to go to if you're if you want to see what your score is for opening a credit card. But it's not the one that mortgage lenders look at. No. There's a whole different <sighs> FICO score for that. So your credit score you could never be know anywhere which one they're pulling. From, yeah. yeah, you Trans- never Trans- know. TransUnion, Experian, and well, those Facts. are the credit bureaus, right? Those are your but hard scores. There's even like different systems. Yeah. So the Credit Karma uses the Vantage system, mm-hmm. and then the FICO score is a whole different system. Yeah. Oh, and then wow. there's different FICO score systems mm-hmm. that, <laughs> oh, it's just a nightmare. Like they do this on it's purpose. It's kind of messed sure. up because, yeah, we have those three credit bureaus, and those are your hard scores. Like these are the scores you have, but then yeah. companies or different industries will take the information and use it in the way they want to to come up with a, a different score so you're like well I don't know what it's it, you, so annoying so, like when I went to go sign my car lease I was like kind of wondering I was like what score are they gonna pull because you know you don't really know what number's gonna come out it's like Jeez. the lotto yeah I'm like <laughs> what number is gonna roll yeah. out so basically the American finance system is absolute shit <laughs> it it's is yeah. yeah so then how the fuck are you supposed to uh, like be knowledgeable at all and then help yourself to get to a better place it's like it's like self-study they, they sold yeah just try to do the best you can like with paying all your bills on time having all those uh you just have to be perfect you do and they, there's so many ways to fuck up yeah. they try to get you so yeah. many ways if you yeah, miss one payment you will be fucked for like a year yeah and then missing score. the payment that's when you let an entire month go by right that's missing a payment 
Missing a payment? Yeah, well, so different companies decide when they want to report that missed payment to the credit bureau. So, like, say maybe my car payment, I'll have a due date on the 20th. Mm-hmm. I don't pay it until the 30th, but they're like, oh, well, we actually have a 10-day window where oh, you can turn in stuff late. So then, like, they're not willing to actually go to the credit bureau until, say, maybe 20 days late. So you have to know when the I thought you were going to say they going to go after 10 days. I'll no, like, no, no. What? No, no, they'll have like a window. Uh, what's the word? Uh, a grace, grace period. Grace period for, yeah, like, so you don't know. It depends <laughs> on when the creditor wants, <laughs> wants to, uh, sorry, inside joke, The when the creditor wants to report you. Yeah. So it's not just a hard line. Like, you need mm-hmm. to know when your shit's due, what your grace periods are, and not auto miss, pay everything. I never miss everything. one payment. No, but even the auto pay, oh my God, for, for my mortgage, for example, they have changed companies in the six oh. months that I've oh had yeah, that happened mortgage. to me too. And I can't even rely on auto pay because I auto pay with the one company, and then they sell my mortgage to a different company. Oh and then, shit! Jesus, I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? it's true. They're really trying hard to fuck us over in any way. You gotta be so vigilant. Oh, it sucks, guys, but you gotta do it. Uh, you gotta like make sure that every month you, you have to check screwed. in that things are paid on time and done right. You also, can't just set it and forget it. I, I was raised on this. This is one piece of information that my parents drilled into me, and I'm so thankful for it that I didn't know wasn't like wasn't something everyone did pay off your whole balance every month like just I do pay that. pay off don't or at least don't pay the minimum because sure. your interest rate is that's how companies make money mm-hmm. they bank on you not paying off your balance and then that 24% yes. they're collecting an extra 24% on whatever you're borrowing so i but then i also heard paying off your entire balance is bad like having a zero no, that's wrong. Balance no. because no, then you're wrong. not using the no, credit. No, 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 no. No, okay, you're good. if you if you use it, if you, use it, if I'm you glad like it's being debunked. <laughs> if you use it during the month and pay it off and you end with the zero balance, that's perfect. Yes. If you never use it for 12 months and you never touch it, that's bad yes. because you're not yes. utilizing the card in order to like they want to see how you would use the money. So if you just apply for it and leave it in the corner, they don't know what your habits are. Mm. Yeah. So, so a great rule for establishing credit is just putting things on credit card that you would normally pay for. You already have yeah. the cash to back it up so like jess was saying that she has her auto payment her netflix account is on there you know but then it auto utilities. pays from my bank account exactly yeah. so you're not like spending more than you have mm-hmm. unless like it's a very special circumstance or whatever like but emergency yeah, yeah exactly that's exactly how i do it too i've i will not spend anything that i don't have and that's kept me out of trouble for so long because a lot of people think credit card oh my god free yeah. money yeah and then they like they get into huge amounts of trouble exactly. not being able to pay it or off. Or they think yeah. like, well, I can spend this 5000 The The minimum payment's only like 150 yeah. bucks a month. But no, that's just the interest. Like you haven't even touched right. the amount you borrowed. The principal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are like, wait, I've been paying this card for 12 months and like it hasn't gone down. Exactly. Yeah. You're just paying the interest, girl. It's like student Poor loans. Guy. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. So the next question is, what's a 401k? Mm. You guys know retirement, retirement, but it plays somehow in the stock market. I don't know the full spokes. Like, what is the I can't spectrum? I can't speak. (laughs) Your brain broke when she said I (laughs) investing. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking short circuited. (laughs) Yeah, so a lot of times you'll get this through your company that you work for. Yeah, Um, usually employer sponsored. mm -hmm. And what's cool is uh, what's cool with the four hundred one k is. It's pre-tax. So whatever goes in there, it's not taxed first and then uh, you're investing money with the money left over. You get your whole paycheck. So when you get your paycheck, you're seeing what's after the taxes. You're not getting like all of your money. But if you put a portion of that money into a 401k, that whole amount is going in there. And then you don't get taxed on that until you retire or when you withdraw that money. Mm-hmm. If you withdraw before 65, I think there's some penalties like mm-hmm. you'll get fee a fee or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you basically, if you are saving for retirement, you won't get taxed on that until retirement, which is a huge benefit to you because then that money can compound over time and create more money from the money mm-hmm. and before it gets taxed. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times employers will do, will do company matching too. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of tax advantages to that. And yeah, it does usually go into a mutual fund. And some people are, some companies are more relaxed than other companies. So some of them they'll let you pick the mutual fund and some of them you're just like oh you put it in whatever you want and they'll put it in there and then recently um they've even like opened it up to like if you want to pick individual stocks so like some company 401k plans you can actually go in and pick individual stocks if you want but that's pretty new Mm. in the stock world but before we before we dig more into 401ks I would like I to just, dig into your armpits. Because money makes people sweat sometimes, and <laughs> oh, you don't want to sweat yes. that hard. Definitely. 
Well, you won't and be it, sweating if you have native. <laughs> and if you do, your pores won't be plugged with. I, I know. I was gonna say, <laughs> I wanna, let's dig into your armpits plugs. and dig out the aluminum plugs that have been put in there by other brands. For Fun so fact: years. I forgot to wear deodorant today, but good thing Gina's we're yeah, sponsored. That's the one that Gina yeah. used. Literally, Thanks. I could see that she wiped it. You guys are so gross. <laughs> it's all like I'm smelling her armpit. Well prepared, and it smells great. God, you got good. the lavender one on, right? The rose yeah. one. Lavender and rose. Yeah, lavender yeah, and rose. Yeah. I really like the um, sea salt and cedar one. I think this is like a kind of a more masculine scent. That but one smells. As a girl, it's weird. Like I, I just want to wear guy scents because I guess because I'm lonely and it makes me feel like there's a, a man around me, even it's though there's not. not. He's like fake. Aww. Um, so I know your dogs like, are girls. Male scent. Yeah, my oh, dogs true. are girls too. <laughs> um, with native, you can have some fresh smelling pits, ladies. Mm-hmm. Native deodorant doesn't just block odor better, it's made better. It has ingredients you've heard of like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. Aluminum forms a plug in your sweat glands to keep you from yeah. sweating. That's why Native never uses ingredients like aluminum, parabens, sulfates, or talc. Switching to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice odor protection. Native will keep you smelling feeling, smelling, and feeling fresh all day long. They have over 10 scents with rotating seasonal scents. They have something for everyone, guys and girls. It's risk-free to try. Every product comes with shipping, uh, free shipping in the U.S., plus free 30-day returns and exchanges. See why so many people love Native and check out the over 14,000 five-star reviews. Do what I did and make the switch to Native today by going to nativedeo.com slash bigmoodgirls or use promo code bigmoodgirls at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash bigmoodgirls or use promo code bigmoodgirls at checkout for 20% off your first order. And if you smelled bad and you got picked on for it to the point where it messed up your mind, boy, do you need therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And now therapy is so much easier to get because there's a mobile app for it. Uh, We were talking about Talkspace.com where you need to prioritize your mental health. Talkspace is an app where you can talk to a bunch of certified therapists they have degrees they're actually legit um and you can talk to them 24 7 because it's on your phone i'm, I'm actually going to go off this because i understand this thing so well so talkspace is an app that you use where you can match up with a therapist of your choice you just answer a bunch of questions tell them what you want to work on and they'll give you a bunch of therapists and their credentials and you choose who you want to speak to you can message them 24 7 whether it be text a voice message or a video of you crying and then they'll check <laughs> the phone and they'll respond to you and you just have a therapist in your pocket the whole time and I like it personally because I don't want to wait a week to go to their office and remember everything in my head that's going on I can just message them during my crisis and just spam their phone and then they'll check on they'll check in on you and they'll talk to you um and best of all, an entire month on Talkspace costs about the same amount as a single in-person session. Wow. So it's very cost-effective, very, very affordable. Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of an in-person therapy, and now Talkspace covers 40 million people for online therapy through their insurance or employer. The Talkspace network is composed of thousands of licensed therapists experienced in treating depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, relationship issues, food and eating, and much more. It is also very secure and very private. There's a passcode that you can use so no one can look through your messages. The bottom line is that we all need someone to talk to. Talkspace wants to give us the support we deserve at a price we can afford. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 100 doll hairs off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code MOOD to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's MOOD at Talkspace.com for 100 doll hairs off. Which is... That's a lot lot. of doll hairs. What you could do with all those extra doll hairs is put it in your 401k. There we go. (laughs) If you don't have a 401k, you can put it in an IRA. What's an IRA, Nikki That's actually the next question. What's an IRA? So you might be... International People don't know the difference, though. That's... I don't know. It stands for Individual (laughs) Retirement (laughs) Arrangement. I actually didn't know that. (laughs) And this is more for people who don't work in companies. Like at an employer. So uh, it could be a couple different things. You can have it as a backup plan for your 401k. You can have a 401k and an IRA. Mm -hmm. Um, A 401k is the most beneficial traditionally because there's company matching. So you're Mm -hmm. basically getting free Free money. Hello. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to pass up. So I would 100% if your company offers it, take advantage of that. What if if you don't have a company, you're self-employed? If you are self-employed. 
self-employed, you can start an IRA. There's two types of IRAs. Um, One is a Roth IRA and the other one is the traditional. And there's different benefits to each. So with the traditional IRA, um, it's tax deferred. So it's just like the 401k where they don't tax you until you take out your money when you retire. Both of them have at this time a $6,000 per year limit. So you can only contribute up to $6,000, whereas a 401k, the limit, I think, I believe is much higher than that. Uh, And then that's not including the company matching. So $6,000 and you can, once you have your money in there, you can put it in a mutual fund, you can put it in index, you can put it in stocks. It's a a little bit more flexible on what types of funds and stuff you could put it into. I think even some you could do cryptocurrency, but I'm not sure. That's wow. that's pretty new. Yeah, I used to have one. Um, I started mine in 2006 and th- crypto wasn't available. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, but a Roth IRA is um, it's you it's an after-tax money. So you put money in there after you already taxed it. Um, but there are different limitations to that. So um, in 2019, if you were making contributions and you're single, you can't make more than 122000 to um, 137000 And then uh, for married couples, you can't make more. You have to make between one hundred ninety-three to 203000 and you can't make more than 200000 that's not really most people's issue, though. Right. They're like, I don't Just even make $100,000. You know. <laughs> yeah. like, if you yeah. wanted to do a Roth IRA, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, those, the contributions aren't tax deductible, but any money you withdraw is tax-free. So basically, you're putting in after-tax money, but if you made money, let's say it went in the stock market, mm-hmm. and you made like 20%, you won't be taxed on that money at when you're withdrawing, which is huge because you'll get usually you get a capital gains tax mm-hmm. on that if you're not doing it through a Roth IRA. And then these, because I know with the 401k, we talked about how you can withdraw after a certain age because that's retirement money, mm-hmm. right? But then for these things, is there a limit? Like age? It's also re- for retirement planning, so uh, yeah. they want you to keep it in there. Yeah, these mm-hmm. are both for retirement planning, which is why there's a limit to how much mm-hmm. you can contribute because you're getting so many benefits from it. Um, but Otherwise, should, people would be taking advantage of it to like you tax defer money and then millions you know, of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like, they uh. just this is just a simple account for people to save money for retirement. They want you to leave it in there so the tax benefit is if you leave it in there. And then some of you might be thinking, this is also complicated. Why don't I just put my money in a savings account? Mm. Okay, well, savings account. Right now, currently, the interest rates are pretty low. They're yeah. under 1%. I think mine just dropped again from it dropped from 1.2 earlier this year to 0.8, and now it's at 0.6. And that's like one of the higher interest savings accounts. Inflation, <laughs> inflation is three to four percent traditionally per year, and that's basically your money gets devalued by three mm-hmm. to four percent every single year throughout history. So if you are only making 0.6% on your money, but you're losing three to 4% on the value, Uh-oh. you are losing money by yeah, putting so into the savings Yeah, so it'll save $30,000 in 15 years, but $30,000 won't be worth $30,000 in 15 years. Exactly. It'll, so then where should you keep your money? In so the retirement thing? Yeah, the retirement the thing, you should max those out first because you're getting the most tax benefits from that. Mm-hmm. After that, you can open a brokerage account and you can make money on your money in investing. Um, you could get the same thing. You can get mutual funds, stocks, ETFs, all kinds of different things um, in a brokerage account. But you will have capital gains tax if you make money off of it. Yeah. So that's the only thing is that you'll just get taxed more. Mm. But you should be doing it anyway because it's a good investment, Uh, which is actually the next question is what does investing mean? I think a lot of people know what investing means. But if you don't, it's just where it's where your money makes money. So you're putting it into something. And without you having to do work, that money grows more money. Um, so with the savings account, like I was saying, it, you, all you have to do is let your money sit there and it makes 0.6%. Um, we don't want that because we want to keep up with inflation and hopefully make profit so that it'll compound over time so that even though I'm only saving you know, 10000 a year, it's compounding and by the age 65, I'll have maybe 600000 or whatever it is. Um, and that is through putting your money in the market via mutual funds, stock market, ETFs index bonds um, which has not been fun lately I, I just i just want to say the stock market's well, been all over the place during a yeah, pandemic it hurt, it well hurt. It's, i literally tweeted i was like 
dude, this is great. I'm I'm like at 22% profit right now. And then literally a week later, it's volatile. You, you knew my mouth. that. You I knew. knew that it was going to be volatile. I knew, but it's just, it, it hurts right here. Gina. The stock market, yeah. unless you're like a day trader or you're like going to yeah. stay on top of it. Like usually people put money in stocks and you're supposed to just leave it there for 20 or 30 years because it's really going like to go up. It's going to go down. It's going to swing. Like the point is, but over 30 years, there is growth. Yeah. I invested to hold for a long term, but I just really like looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, ooh, I made $1,000. Yeah. Oh, I lost $800. Yeah. You're not negative though, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not negative. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> I haven't gone, like, I, I have not gone negative, so that's good. What okay. happens if you get negative? Um, it's actually counted as a loss on your taxes, so you can, it can work for you if, but it that's only if you make a lot of money. Term. Yeah. <laughs> but then does it, does it affect you? Because I know from, from like what you guys were saying, it's like if you're going to be investing into some sort of stock or even crypto, it doesn't really count unless you cash Until you out. Sell right. it. Yeah. yeah, it has to be a realized gain. That's that's the, that's the yeah. term is a realized gain is when you sell it for and you're making a profit off it or a realized loss. You sold it mm. and you lost money on it. Mm. Um so then what Gina's talking about, it doesn't really As affect, it swings, it doesn't yeah. really matter. No, and that's why people shouldn't like, you shouldn't put your, like let it make or break your day. If you do enough research, I personally practice value investing, which is what Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger teach. Um, you know, different day traders will say different things. Uh, to me, day trading is gambling. Yep. Like you really have Terrifying. to. Absolutely. Like no. I think that they know what the fuck people, they're doing, like, but I really don't think that they know no, what the fuck No, I don't think they do either. And it's, it's. I mean, it's impossible to know. If yeah. every, if people knew and there was a formula, mm-hmm. well, then. Isn't that illegal? Like insider trading? Or something? Oh, no, you know that's the information first. Like oh. for instance, like I tell you, hey, Tiff, my company is about to go under, so sell all your shares before that's I announce illegal. it That's week. illegal. That's yeah. illegal. Yeah. Yeah. I think, isn't that what, is that what Martha Stewart got? Yeah. 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 So um, with value investing, you're basically and this is not part of the questions, but I'm just personally super into it um, because if you invest in mutual funds, usually you're keeping up with the market. So the market traditionally has a 10 percent return on investment, a seven to 10 percent return on investment over the long run. Some years there's two years where the stock market yeah. tanks and like you're you look at your account and you'll be like, oh, my God, I need to burn everything. And my life. Hold. Hell. Hold. And then, Hold. <laughs> don't, don't take the money. out. just no. stay over Hold the, the long door. term. Yeah. It should be seven to 10 percent returns. <laughs> But if you're doing value investing, their track record is like over 20% returns. Mm-hmm. But you have to really just do a lot of research. Yeah. Like you're buying companies, you're buying businesses that you believe in yep. and not like a hot stock of the day, like yep. a hot stock pick. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I am currently still up 77%. Damn, that's great. Nice. Yeah, since the start of the pandemic. But you're buying good companies. And you bought into PayPal early, earlier well, during. Well, that's what you do yeah. is you wait for them to go on sale. So you know what their value should be. And then when shit hits the fan, yep. like, and, and this happens every couple of years, there'll be a crash. There mm-hmm. is destined to be a crash. And so when it crashes, you just wait, you hold your cash, and then you already do all this research on the companies you want to buy. You know what they're supposed to be at. Then we wait for them to be on sale. You put your money all at one time into it. And then when it, you know, it goes back to the number it's mm-hmm. supposed to be. You make at least fifty percent on your investment. But then, uh, like, th- like there's parts where you kind of get greedy. It's like, okay, yeah, it's low, but it, it can go lower. And then it doesn't. You're yeah, like, Damn, I should have bought yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so that's emotional. That. It's yeah, emotional. I hate it. So, like my financial advisor is like, dude, just put in money every month. Like it doesn't matter if it's high or low, whatever. Just put in money every month because um, you won't feel like you missed out. You know, so I just put in money, like a little bit of money every month and I just buy in every month. Yeah. And so there's different philosophies. It's it's like what makes you feel the best. There's no right answer. answer. And it's it's like really what you feel the most comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, After looking and exploring on all the different possible ways, I feel like this is the best possible way for me. But it's also that that boat of like, oh, you know, women traditionally don't want to take risks and. I don't see it as a risk, uh, even though it may seem risky, because if you choose the wrong company, let's say, then you could lose a lot of money. But if I feel like if you research it enough and you really believe in it, then you're and you kind of look at all the numbers in that company's history and you analyze their 10 Ks which is their annual reports that they come mm-hmm. out. This is a little bit more I'm like, where do you even get all this information? It's all public information. Yeah. Like, yeah. where? That's what I, that's what I on would their be websites. doing as an accountant. On their own websites? Yeah, you could go to Investor Relations on any company's website oh. and you can look up their 
annual reports and their 10K. And then you look at their growth numbers and they'll have like the past five years. And then you look at the one from five years ago, they'll have the ones from five years back then. And then you get a 10 year. It's not year. all historical data though. You have to think like, where's the market going to? Because right. something could make like a technology like Uber completely yeah. irrelevant and like totally. immediately. So there's like many different factors. There's no guarantees for anything, no. but if you spend a lot more time on it, then you yeah, know where there is a so guarantee. Bad. Where is there a guarantee that if you are wearing bombas like I am, you will bombas. be in love with your socks? Yay! Your feet are so small. What size are you? Um, six and a half. You got, like baby feet. I know you so have cute. tiny baby feet. Oh. I'm six and a half. Did, Did you used to wrap your feet? Of all of us. What? No, <laughs> just Let's talk about bombas. Okay. Bombas. I like the name. It's just fun to say. I know, right? It's bombas. so fun. And also, they're just really great to wear. Let me show you guys the ones I'm wearing. So these are the no-shows. I've had these socks for over five years. They're actually still really white. I know they're you're like, still- I know that you're like really self-conscious about your sock right now, but there's for them to be five years old, <laughs> right? they're like, still really white. Do, yeah. do your socks last? My socks people? don't last longer than a year. Yeah, I don't know how you two years max. Yeah. So that's why I was like, I feel like this is not normal. It's not like, normal. Socks shouldn't last this <laughs> long, but that's fan, how amazing you've been a fan longer is. Before, longer than, than, Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the reason why I love these no-show socks is because you see back here, it's oh, all they dirty. Grips. They have these amazing grips. I like and that they have three yeah, instead of just one. Yeah, and they too because I have tried other no-show socks that try to have this like gummy thing in the back and they suck it's like it doesn't really actually do the thing it's yeah, supposed to which down. is to hold yeah. so these i'm telling you guys i absolutely love it and bombas is actually known for making the most comfortable socks ever so i'm not lying it's not just me saying all this it's actually she got this thing. way before our sponsor yeah seriously <laughs> For reals. Uh, so they've literally rethought every little detail of the socks that we wear to make them more comfortable. I wear these all the time and they still look great. They're still hanging on. I absolutely love them. So these socks do more than keep your feet nice and cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable members of our community. Because for every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 30 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 plus giving partners. Wow, and the impact... Awesome. Right? And the impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort that's especially important right now. Give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash mood. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash mood for mood. 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash mood. 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 Wanted to give a huge shout out to Attitude. That's eco attitude and the dirty little not so secret about the bedding aisle is that while cotton might be the most popular fabric for sheets duvets and pillowcases it's also the most damaging to our planet okay that's why i am so thrilled to introduce you to attitude by using 100 percent organic bamboo fabric attitude creates bedding essentials that are comfortable for you and the environment they are so soft too by the way guys I slept in them for the first time. I slept in the sheets and um, the sheets and the pillowcases for the first time last night. And they are so freaking soft. They're made out of bamboo fabric, which is hypoallergenic, by the way. So there was no like coughing or sneezing going on last night. And uh, they're so comfortable, so soft. And if you get like night sweats, like you're a hot bodied person, good for you. But also maybe you don't like night sweating. Bamboo fabric, which is what these sheets are made out of, is like a cooling fabric. So it's very cool for your body and cool for life. It's um, anti-cotton, so unlike cotton, which which consumes massive amounts of water, energy, and chemicals during production, Etitude uses organic bamboo, the most resource-efficient plant on the planet. And there's a guarantee. You can try Attitude Bedding for 30 nights. If you're not completely satisfied, return it for a full refund. But you probably won't return it because it's so freaking comfortable. So right now you can get 20% off your order plus free shipping when you visit Attitude.com slash mood and enter promo code mood. Remember, that's Attitude as in eco attitude. Order today for free shipping and 20% off your order at Attitude.com slash mood promo code mood. 
Um, so yeah, I, I did talk about the stock market a lot. It was the one I liked the most. But I, I wonder if we should talk just for a few minutes about buying a car. Yeah, yeah. Girl, you got all that insider so, knowledge. That's actually what I was going to say. Is like assets don't just include stock markets. Asset, I mean, investments don't just include stock market, but any asset that's making you money or that um, you can sell and make money from. And a car is considered an asset. Well, it's a depreciating asset. It is so depreciating. I, I, yes. I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider a car an asset. I, I consider like, it a liability. It, but it's, yeah. it is a car is is basically. But a liability. on your tax return, it's an <laughs> asset. Like I've made it a point. Like I used to want a really nice car, and then I realized the moment I drive that thing out, it's depreciating in value, and I should not waste yeah. money on that. Yeah, so- and also because. I can't see myself sticking to one car right now, so I just lease. Mm-hmm. But I stayed in that freaking car dealership till 12.30 a.m. To, to, to negotiate. Oh, Girl, <laughs> next time you negotiate, just call me. Yeah. Because they're giving you the fucking runaround. No, I used to I audit stayed. car dealerships. <laughs> yeah. So um, one person was like, oh, you used to work at a car dealership. Can you help me? I was like, no, that's not what happened. I worked at a CPA firm and we audited various industries. One industry that I went to many times a year was car dealerships. So I got to learn the ins and outs of like how they structure their financing and leasing deals um it's really a lot there's so much to it that you don't really need to know but what i do want to tell you is that before you go to buy or lease a car go on youtube and search like how to finance or how to lease a car because i mean i can't break down everything like right now in just a few minutes um but they'll teach you there's and there's tons of people that do it really well there's just different parts to buying or leasing a car that you need to know about and be aware of because um even it's funny too because casey Casey was looking at a car and he goes, how much over MSRP should I be expecting to buy? I almost ripped my Tell fucking MSRP hair is. out. Tell MSRP, MSRP is. is the manufacturer's suggested retail price or whatever. So that's like the sticker price of a car. Casey mm-hmm. asked me how much over the sticker price over? he should expect to pay. And I wanted to go over to Tim's house. <laughs> And shoot her husband <laughs> just based on like you know Darwin like he just doesn't deserve to live because that is the dumbest a car. that's the dumbest question I've ever heard how Give much over sticker price yeah yeah hey, listen he he's trying okay he is trying God I bless think his, um, heart. his mom took care of a lot of things for him and now he's trying to learn now he's asking the right questions yes, he right? is asking the there's right no questions. dumb questions no <laughs> that was kind of a dumb question but I it's okay <laughs> it's okay we're here to learn yeah. um but yeah no you should so then why is that question so Sticker price is the starting price that you should go in there and drive down. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if they say a car, the MSRP is $500... Just, I'm, I'm just saying, oh, okay. like, for example, <laughs> I wish. So let's just say like a car is like $20,000. That's the sticker price, $20,000. It depends on the car and it depends on the model. So that's why like forums, car forums are amazing to go to. Like I, before I buy a car, I go to car forums and I can see like what the rebates are that manufacturers are giving, like what dealerships in different areas are, are taking off, like what interest rates should be. There's different, there's so many pieces and parts. That's why I say like, go look at a video so you can actually, it's car specific too it's it's car specific so like my bmw that i got it and not only is it car specific it's also whether whether you're financing or leasing it's very specific so you just have to figure out exactly what your situation is and then you can research that like i want to lease a toyota tundra and then you'll get a bunch of information on like what the best price is um but usually there's at least three to five thousand dollars that you can take off of a lot of cars. It depends on the price. Some more, some less, depending on how expensive the car is. But yeah, if you see the sticker price is like twenty three thousand, you're not gonna pay twenty three thousand. You need to be paying way less than that, like maybe like nineteen mm-hmm. or something like What's that. What's your game with Tesla, for example? Tesla doesn't have a game. They yeah. they're complete. Tesla is completely removed from the car industry. That's why they I won't. Love they it. don't negotiate. Was, it, it's, it's overpriced for sure. But, but it's like going into the Apple Store. You're not negotiating yeah, on a computer. It's, it's, it's so like swap meat versus mall. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I wish that the car dealership industry was not the way it is because it, that's the only thing in America. Because we don't we yeah. don't really negotiate in no. America. Mm-mm. So, but mm-hmm. um, if you do want to lease, usually people lease because they're self employed and they want to be able to write off a portion of their car on their taxes and it saves money we've seen a lot of youtubers do this they they'll lease a car um they'll write it off on their business and they save i mean they're not really saving money but it's just like you you're finding ways to like make your taxes lower by spending money right um and you can do that with a lease but if you're gonna lease um one quick and easy rule that you can try to remember is that you should be paying one percent of the sticker price as your lease payment so if you do want to think about sticker price that's a good good way to use it so like say 
a car is $50,000 and you go in to lease it, the car payment shouldn't be more than $500 a month. Like that's how you know top of the line whether this is a good deal or not. But there's also like a whole bunch of different buckets that you need to be aware of because the deal has different pieces and parts where they'll, they'll kind of like smile in your face and then fuck you in your ass so like they'll say (laughs) that they'll say that they're taking money off of this thing but then they're packing profit into another part of the deal so you're you're basically when you lose a car you're paying for the depreciation so that when you eventually turn it back in you're covering the cost of what the company would have lost if they uh like just kept it as as anything drives yeah so um but yeah so and i I wasn't, we weren't planning on doing a money episode today. Otherwise I would have broken it down like super fucking clear, but it's, it's not, yeah. With papers with my (laughs) stapler, like a little staple notes and everything. But yeah. um, She takes notes. I take, I like to take (laughs) notes. It's not super easy to just recall specific informations, but yeah, if, if you're going to take anything from this episode about buying a car is just, you can go to car forums and ask people like, hey, what's a good price? Because there's guys in there all the time. They're always like, oh, what's a good price for this BMW X4 or whatever? And then they'll tell you like because there'll be guys that work at car dealerships or they'll know someone and then like they'll help you or you can go. Um, so what? they'll basically tell you like um, my I sold one for 19 grand. So if you can get it down for 19 grand. Yeah. Like yeah. so there's like it's like insider information on car sales on car forums. But also there's a ton of youtubers that like are former car salesmen or whatever and they'll explain out like how a deal works and like how the dealership will fuck you and just so you know a car dealer is taught on training like all these salesmen they go into sales training and they're taught to say oh we can't do that i'm sorry this is the the Mm -hmm. best we can do and then people take that at face value because you're like if someone tells you i can't do that you believe them but that's, that's a bold face lie. Mm-hmm. That's why you stay till midnight until they close. And they're like, all right, fine. God, I want to go home. No, actually, <laughs> no, you shouldn't I take that. you that long. Because for someone like me, I'll walk in there and I'll say, I want this car at this price with this or interest rate. at this." Yeah. And then if they say I can't do that, I go, okay, finally. I did this recently with my BMW. Huh. The guy chased me out because I said, are you fucking kidding me? I looked at him and said, are you fucking kidding me? And I just got up and I walked out and he's chased me out of, through the lobby. I just kept walking. I was like, no, thank you, sir. I'm good. No, thank you, sir. Then he calls me because of course they get your phone number yeah. when you first walk in. I go, I'm good. I don't need to do business here. Thank you. Click. But anyways, I it's just, I, I wanted him. To, it was only because that guy specifically padded the deal so much that I was like, you know what? Fuck you. Mm. You've lost my business by being such an asshole because other people gave this me. This is how you should do- be on dates. Yeah, too. exactly. <laughs> you yes. need to value yourself like you nice. value your car if, deal. If someone, if someone tries to back. fuck you <laughs> that hard, you know that they don't have respect for you well, and they'll let them fuck you business. a little bit. No, right? no. Okay. No fucking. No finger on the table. No finger on the table. No under the table. They already fucked you by taking up your time. No fingering. No fucking. Yeah. Well, we are really back. Value yourself. But yeah, so um, yeah, I have just, different opinions now because like yeah. uh, I I did buy my last car new. Um, I don't I don't personally agree with leasing, but I get like what people say it's about a, leasing is good for uh, people that know that they value having a newest car. Yeah. It's not always the best financial decision, but yeah, it's like right. if I know I value having a new car, it's better for me to. Le- I actually turned in my last lease. People don't know that you can do this. I turned in my last lease with positive equity, so I got money back. That's what? great. How does that work? So yeah, I just got such a good deal on my first lease that the car, by the time I was paying for it, the car was worth more than what I owed on it because I got them to get the lease. So say the lease term is three years, Mm -hmm. right? They wanted me to pay $15,000 for this Lexus over three years. I said, no, I'm only going to pay 10, right? So then by the time the three years is up, I only owe, I owe like nothing. And but the car's still worth, like it would have been worth at the 15 mark. It's hard to explain, right? but I got positive equity in my car. A lot of people don't know you can do that. I just straight up sold my Lexus to the BMW dealership and they paid off my lease, but I had that they gave me money back nice. because mm, the nice. car was worth more than the lease. Yeah. So a lot of people, they don't know what mileage to get on a lease. So they fuck themselves on that. They, they go over their mileage. They don't know what the money factor should be. There's a lot of things you have to look up. It's very yeah. difficult. That's why people get fucked because there's a lot of factors right. that you have to understand. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I am the type of person who enjoys the car that I drive. A lot of people, like Gina has her thing. Gina's things is like shoes and money, yeah. shoes and fucking wardrobe, wardrobe or, like, yeah. or whatever. I haven't as much anymore. 
Yeah. Well, that yeah. yeah so but, each person has their own has thing. Their own yeah. Yeah. Where so it's like, like this yeah. isn't a great financial investment, right. yeah. but right. it makes me happy. And right. like, and my a, thing is yeah. personal. Yeah, yeah. that's Same. great. Yeah, because I like don't drive at all. Like so, and I love my Honda. I I'm really like only looking at like what the music can play like what music right. i can play and stuff like i'm really not that yeah. advanced we're with- like point a to point b we're good yes yeah, yeah. and so I'm for, like, for a car at that well. price point too you don't really want to lease a car at that price point too. yeah it, the the benefit of leasing is, is comes in with luxury vehicles right that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah and and also just so you know if you own a business you can write off uh if you buy too like you you can buy a used Some car and parts, you can like you can like mileage and stuff it. but it's not as much as if you get a lease you can write off way more mm-hmm. so and then, uh, so that's like, so that's great for, uh, uh, actually shows up as an asset on your finances. But then also, uh, I wanted to talk about other assets because I feel like people don't know to like put their money into things that, that grow their money. Um, like, and that, like that's how people like get estate. rich. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I want to get into real estate so real bad. Real estate. Exactly. We'll wait for the crash. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm just sitting here waiting for it. I'm learning as much as I could. Honestly, over all of those. Oh, oh, all of those different like stock market, real estate, businesses. Businesses are another one where you put your money into it, it grows it. Like how you guys you have work. the the tea company. What is it? Yeah, Junbi. Uh, Junbi. Yeah. yeah. Junbi, Shrimp Daddy, like a whole food group. A great book to read is Cashflow Quadrant by uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he does his first book is Rich Dad Poor Dad. If you want to really mm-hmm. know a mindset of how rich people think and stuff uh, versus people that don't really know what to do with their money or just do the traditional stuff that they're told to do uh and then cash flow quadrant is all about like where to put your money so that it grows for you it's it's really great i have um, both of those books and i have not opened you them should once. read them you know those <laughs> books so those books have been written like rich dad poor dad and all that stuff it's been it's been written like a long time ago does it yes. still apply to yes. modern times yes so uh that's a great question it's not a how-to book. It's more of a mindset book. Ah. Like, this is why you should do it. It's more the why behind it. Then there are books that can break down the how, and I feel like those are constantly needing to be updated. Yeah. Right. I haven't read either of those, but mm-hmm. I've heard about them a lot. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some classics, like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That mm-hmm. was written in, like, the 40s or 50s, but it was Napoleon Hill when interviewed, like, the top successful the most successful millionaires i don't think there were any billionaires at that time but the most successful millionaires and he found certain traits that they all did or certain habits that they did and he he was like wow this is this is too crazy to be coincidence that mm-hmm. all of these millionaires or self-made mm-hmm. millionaires did the same thing mm-hmm. so he created these like laws quote unquote laws or like different habits that they do and that's a really great book to read too cuz it's it's about not having debt that's another thing is like pay if you're before you invest you should pay off all your debt um, money is an emotional issue it is and like growing money is an emotional issue like that's where the debt comes into play like can you live below your means mm-hmm. or are like also can you live with like a growth mindset like there is money coming i can i can invest in this because there will be money coming or yeah. am i too scared and i'm just going to keep it in the savings account because i can't afford to lose it Yes, it's a, the whole thing My, is an emotional issue. Absolutely, and it's and it stems from how you were raised too. So if you were raised in a family who was always scared about money, there's like a lot of fear around money. You you couldn't. You were talking right about here. how like right your here. mom was like, "We can't get that because my yeah. credit score." You grow up with this built-in, almost like subconscious fear around money, and that's your relationship with money. That's your mindset towards money. Is that it's a scarce thing that I have to hold on to, or like I can't spend too much, or I always have to be spending on credit card if I want to get anything nice. Um, and those that really affects everything. I definitely believe in the power of shifting your mindset to a more uh, abundant mindset. Mm-hmm. And I know people can say that it's woo woo or whatever. But if you read Think and Grow Rich uh, by Napoleon Hill, where he interviews all those millionaires, a lot of them say the same thing about like shifting your mindset to this abundant. If you can do it wisely, because I think yeah. people do it unintelligently. And Have so they just get into debt and then they they don't even have a career plan that can even pay off that debt. Right. So it's like, you have to know when you can be in a growth mindset or when you like, you have a salary at 60,000 and the the prospects for your salary are not going to go up any higher than that. Like then 
don't spend half a million dollars, yeah. you know, like, but then if you are self-employed and maybe you need to invest in a photographer or something like that will help your business grow, you have to know when to spend, you know, mm-hmm. in what, order what to kind make of return on your investment are yeah. you going to get? And what's the time that you expect this return? Yeah. yeah. And like, is that instance, reasonable? Like, for instance, for my stream, I had to invest in really expensive equipment. Yes. Yeah. But, but you're streaming all the time. But I'm yeah. streaming all the time and it ups the quality. I've learned from my friends, my entrepreneur friends, that you never fail if you invest in yourself, whether it be mm-hmm. more education, lessons, or just like whatever the fuck, even plastic surgery. If you're a model, if you want to do that, you know, like you never fail if you um, invest in yourself. And so for my stream, I had to drop like a few thousand dollars on upgrading my camera, my setup and everything. Mm-hmm. And the return on that has been almost yeah. immediate. A really famous quote and I... I want to say it's from Abraham Lincoln, but I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> but he, okay, whatever, Eminem. So like, we'll it's about it was Eminem. It was Eminem. It's about investing in yourself, and it's like if, if I was to chop down a tree, I'd spend ninety percent of the time sharpening the axe and ten percent of the time yeah. chopping mm-hmm. the yep. tree. Mm-hmm. A lot smarter than spending a hundred percent of the time trying to chop down that right. tree. Mm-hmm. The dull. Axe. Yeah, That's invest true. in sharpening the axe. Yep. So read those books, guys. Um, And then there's not really that many questions left. I mean, how much should I put in an emergency emergency fund? That's totally up to you. I personally think you should have three to six months saved, especially for things like like a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, I think in America, the statistic is like most Americans don't have $500 in a savings account, which is... Oh my God. Yeah. And and like, I want to say, well, that's scary, but... It's true. Like we're no one tells you to almost save everyone even. lives paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, yeah. and then and it's like, well, where do I save? Because like I have to mm-hmm. work all this these hours to spend money here, and then it's yeah, it's very paycheck Jesus. to paycheck. So it's very hard, and that's well, a really personal. Sh- we're thing. also shamed into not doing things that help. Like everyone has to have their own apartment at eighteen, right. their own car, mm-hmm. their own every like they can't share things and, and kind of save mm-hmm. it's like oh you should have your own everything yeah, by get now. Roommates. live at home get roommates yeah. god i would love to move Gina's back plan home. has been the best oh, like, yeah, yeah she's just killing it banking all that cash yep yeah nice. response to trilla trust but there's a lot more and if i mean if you guys like this topic we love talk oh we love to all of us love talking about it. <laughs> Nikki's like, I love talking about it. We love doll we hairs. We love doll hairs. We love doll hairs. <laughs> but le- if there's questions that I didn't we didn't address. I have like, I mean, so many in my time. brain. Yeah, there's oh my gosh. pretty fast. Yeah. What's yeah. one you could leave as a cliffhanger? Oh, one is um what what's the first question I should ask my financial advisor? And we'll answer mm. that on the next finance <laughs> topic video. <laughs> Which will be 12 months from now. Yeah. Oh, God, just kidding. <laughs> Leave us a comment. Rate us on iTunes. Five stars. It helps us out so much. Yeah. Also, thumbs up this video. If you're on YouTube, it helps with the algorithm. And we Check will... out our merch. Oh, yeah, our merch. We have merch. Our merch. Link in the merch. description. Mm-hmm. The shirts are super soft. And if yes, you wear it, you, so you, you, you will have become your, a you will, mood. Someone will touch your pee-pee. I promise. What? If you Consensually. Consensually. Because consent is key. And if you have, have one. <laughs> what about a vagina? Uh, I, I say it for both. I pee so. out of my vagina. Yeah. Oh. Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what a way to end a financial fucking video. Yeah. I, I pee out of my I vagina. I pee out my vagina hole. We just couldn't stop talking about our vaginas. <laughs>